So now we've got a treat. We're over to the Narkom family and we've got the Narkom boys bringing to us the re reading. Jacob and Reuben, over to you right now, boys. Good morning, church. Today, Reuben and I are going to be reading from Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 to 14 and 26 to 28. This is the word of God. The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a rap, a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and te tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life, and stood upon their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. I will settle in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers, and I will put my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, make Israel holy, when my sanctuary is among them forever. This, this is, is the word of God. Amen. So, boys and girls, we come to a time when we're going to, have to tell a story, and I want you to do what we always do when I tell you a story, and that is we're going to put on our imagination cream. So, let's get our imagination cream. Find it somewhere in your pocket. It could be in your sock. 
you'll find a small container looking like that. Get hold of that container, put it in your other hand, undo the lid, put the lid somewhere safe, and get out some of this cream and put it all over your face and don't forget behind your ears. That's right, get the lid, pull it on nice and tight and put it back into your pocket until next time because you have just implied imagination cream and imagination cream, as it suggests, helps you to imagine. And we're going to imagine something now going back a long, long time. A time, in fact, of a time of the dinosaurs. Now, dinosaurs came in all shapes and sizes. There were big ones, like the Brachiosaurus, that grew to be as big as 45 feet high and 75 feet long. There were small ones, like the Campus Cygnacthus, which was a very, very small dinosaur, and that was only 24 inches long. Then there were spiky dinosaurs, like the dinosaur we heard about last month, Karen the Kentrosaurus. And Kentrosaurus were covered in spikes and bony plates. But there was one dinosaur that was very unusual, and that was the Pachycephalosaurus. Try saying that with a bold sweet in your mouth. And this dinosaur was unusual, not just because of its long and funny name, but because that name, Pachycephalosaurus, meant bonehead. And a thick, bony head was exactly what the Pachycephalosaurus had. The Pachycephalosaurus were dinosaurs that had very thick, bony heads. In fact, they often had a, as much as 10 inches of solid bone on top of their skulls. Just look at an ruler to see how big 10 inches is. So why do these dinosaurs have such big, thick heads? Were they thicker than a plank, quite literally? Were they just stupid dinosaurs? Well, was there another reason for their very thick skulls? Well, the story I'm about to tell you is all about one such dinosaur, and his name was Peter. Now, Peter was a Pachycephalosaurus, or a bonehead, as he used to be called. And he was rather big for himself, and for his age, being around about 12 feet tall, but height was nothing to do with Peter. What he liked most about himself was that he had an especially thick skull. 11 inches of pure bone sat on top of his head, earning him the nickname Bone Bonds. Now, while Peter enjoyed having the nickname Bone Bonds, while he enjoyed having that particular name, most other dinosaurs didn't like to hear it. In fact, not many dinosaurs liked Peter at all, because whenever a dinosaur shouted, look alone, look alone, here comes Bone Bonds, the other dinosaurs would all move quickly or run away. As Peter, sadly, was not a very nice dinosaur. You see, well, Peter was a bit of a bully, and no one likes bullies. Yet it wasn't just Peter who liked to fight. The entire bonehead dinosaur family just loved to bang their heads together whenever they could. They loved to get in there and have a good butt with each other. It was just what they did as a family. And now while this was fun for boneheads because it had especially fixed goals for the other unsuspected dinosaurs, it could be a very painful experience indeed. You see... Peter will come up to you and say to you something like this. He will say, Hi do you know what a Jurassic kiss is? The other dinosaur will say, uh, uh, No. 
and Peter would then headbutt them right between the eyes. It's one of these! <laughs> he would laugh and leave the other dinosaur crump, crumpled up on the ground, nursing their broken heads. You see, headbutting was, for boneheads, a natural sport. They bashed their heads together and thought it was all a great laugh. But none of the other dinosaurs thought it was funny. They didn't enjoy the joke at all. Now one day Peter was listening to some rock music, which was made generally by banging his head on a piece of rock, when he began to get bored. That's enough music for now, he said to himself. It's time to have some fun and go and bash someone's head in. So he left the bruised rock and wandered over to the plains where the other dinosaurs would often graze. And he soon came up to a stegosaurus that was busily munching on some leaves. It had plucked off a bush. Peter sailed up to it and said, Excuse me, I was wondering if you know what a Jurassic kiss is. Uh, uh, I don't, munched the stegosaurus. Uh, uh, perhaps it's a kiss given by a Jurassic or, or something. I don't think so, said Peter. A Jurassic kiss is a kiss given by a bonehead. <laughs> and he headbutted him right between the eyes. There was a sickening thud as the unfortunate creature crumpled to the ground. That was a good one, cried Peter. I've knocked him out cold. What a thick bonce I've got. I am really hard. It's not your head that's hard, but your heart, said a voice coming from nowhere. Who said that? Who said that? said Peter. Who said that? Where are you? I'm up here, said the voice. And Peter looked right into the eyes of Billy the Brontosaurus. Hey, what do you mean by saying I've got an hard heart? asked Peter. I'm a bonehead, not a bone heart. You're talking rubbish, Brontosaurus. Am I? asked Billy. Tell me, Peter, when you headbutt someone, do you ever feel sorry for hurting them? It may not hurt you as your head is so thick, but it really hurts other dinosaurs that come into contact with your skull. Why should I feel sorry, said Peter? But that's why I've got a hard head to butt people with. No, it's not, said the Brontosaurus. You were given a hard head to protect you from getting hurt, not so you could use to hurt others. I can't hear you, said Peter. I said it's to protect you, not to help you, uh, to hurt others, shouted Billy. I still can't hear you, said Peter. It must be all this head banging. It must have damaged my hearing. Just come a little closer and speak into my ear. Billy lowered his head and shouted into Peter's ear. I said... But Peter didn't wait for what he said. He just headbutted him right between the eyes. Ah, oh, cried P Billy. That hurt. Why did you do that? I was just trying to help you. I don't need your help, Longneck said Peter. I've got a hard head and nothing can hurt me, so get lost and don't come into my, don't butt in my business again. Peter, shouted Billy, as Peter wandered off. If you don't stop butting everyone you meet, you'll one day find that you're not quite as hard as you think you are, and you've become very ugly, ugly indeed. But Peter didn't bother. He just shrugged off and walked off looking over the plains for someone else to find. He sometimes thought to himself about what Billy had said and wondered if it were true. But then he just forgot about it, thinking to himself, 
bill's just soft, that's all. Nothing can hurt me. I'm a bonehead. As the weeks passed into months, the cold season came again. The time when the ground got covered in snow and the water holes froze up and everything froze into ice. It was a difficult time for many dinosaurs. They couldn't find food or water, just lots of snow and ice. Peter was bored. He looked around for a long time, to, but he couldn't find anything to eat, so he began to look for someone to butt with his head. He walked for a long time, not seeing a single dinosaur, but then as he passed a frozen waterfall, he saw a huge dinosaur, just like himself. It was at least 11 feet tall and had a thick, bony bonce just like him. Peter stopped and stared at the other dinosaur and the other dinosaur just stared back. Peter growled and made a threatening pose and so did the other dinosaur. So Peter made a pretend charge towards the bonehead just to give him a scare. But the other dinosaur did exactly the same. So, he wants a Jurassic kiss, does he? thought Peter to himself. So he walked back a bit, scraped his feet in the snow, braced his massive legs and began a headlong charge towards the other bonehead. His large feet thudded on the ground as he ran towards this other dinosaur, with his head down, roaring as he came. As he got nearer, he lifted his head slightly and to his amazement saw... <coughs> But the other dinosaur was charging too. So he ran even faster and lowered his head even more for his best butt ever. Well, there was a humongous crash. The whole area shook with the impact. Snow fell from the ice thereabouts around the place. And Peter's legs wobbled. His body trembled and he killed over, falling into the snow. When Peter woke again, he looked around for the other bonehead, but it was nowhere to be seen. He pulled him up, self up unsteadily upon his feet, but the other bonehead had gone. Oh, that got rid of him, roared Peter. But then Peter saw him again, staring out the ice of the frozen waterfall. Peter had head-butted his own reflection. It wasn't a dinosaur at all. It was his reflection in the frozen ice. Peter had head-butted himself and it had hurt. In fact, as Peter looked at his reflection, suddenly his blood ran cold. His head, his head, it was cracked. His beautiful bonehead was now shattered right down the middle and he became aware of a terrible pain. Look at me, roared Peter in horror. I look terrible. I look ugly. So broken and bruised. He bowed his broken head and slowly made his way home and took a route that was certainly not to bring him near any other dinosaurs, as he didn't want anyone to see his broken head. For days, Peter hid in a very dark cave, not coming out, not letting anyone see where he was or, 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 or his condition. He didn't want anyone to see his broken head. That once beautiful 11 inches of bone now broken into two bits of broken, broken bonds. 
Billy was right after all, he said to himself. A hard head and heart can really make us ugly. And now what do I do? I'm shattered. <laughs> Me bonce is broken. Me bonce is bruised. There is a way, said the voice. It was Bela Brontosaurus, who had noticed that Peter hadn't been around for a while and had come looking for him. You come in a gloat, asked Peter. Okay, so you were right. I got hurt, and, and now I'm very ugly, so leave me alone and leave me in my pain. I'm not here to gloat, said Billy. I'm here to help. I, I thought this would happen, but there is a way to pull, to put yourself back together. But how? asked Peter. I'll do anything to get rid of his ugliness and his pain. Well, for a start, said Billy, we have to, you have to give up headbutting people. But I can't do that, shouted Peter. I'm a bonehead. No buts, said Billy. If you carry on butting people, that crack will just get bigger and one day it will kill you. You must give up butting, but this bandage will help. Put this bandage around your head and, and I'll help you and it will allow it to heal. Is that the only way? asked Peter. It is the only way, replied Billy. And so the two of them put on a bandage around Peter's broken head and Peter held one end and Billy pulled it tight and pulled the cracked head together so the two parts of his head could heal themselves back together again and Peter gave up headbutting and spent his time playing other games instead sure enough after a few months the bandages came off and Peter found that his head had healed the crack was gone but that didn't mean Peter began headbutting other dinosaurs because he had learnt that hurting others makes you very ugly and can even hurt a bone head like Peter. Well, some people think they're hard. I met some at school who thought they were really hard. I used to talk about being hard. I've met them in the army. I've met them in all walks of life. Some people think they're hard. But this is a problem, really, because being hard is really just a myth. You see, when we, when we pretend to be hard, we don't just keep out the harm. We also keep out the good. Hardness keeps out not just the bad, but the good. You know, a farmer, you ask any farmer, he'll tell you, you cannot sow seed on hard ground because when you sow the seed, it will just bounce off the surface. And when you've got hard ground, rain can't soak into hard ground. The hardness keeps the seeds and it keeps the rain out. The rain will just run off. And when we try and become hard, all we end up doing is pushing away others and even pushing away the goodness with the harm. Like Peter. And we'll eventually come a cropper. When we find something or someone harder than us. You can't receive love when you're being hard. And you just keep people out. You push them away. You push God away. You know, there's so many broken people in this world. People who think they're tough, but just like Peter in reality, they're just broken. Just like Peter. Broken by the hard fights, the times, life's experiences, pains and problems. Broken, but too hard to admit they might need some help you know boys and girls everyone watching this this service this morning we need help and the help comes in the form not just of Billy the Brontosaurus but from God 
because God sends his Holy Spirit to change us from being bony, hard people to make us into a people of flesh, like in the prophecy we heard earlier on in Ezekiel. When God said, prophesy over these bones, these hard, dry, bony bones. And so we found that the prophet Ezekiel stood over those bones and he said, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You know, being a Christian is having the breath of God, the spirit of God inside us. And he takes our boniness and makes us, gives us flesh and gives us hearts of flesh. Hearts that can receive his Holy Spirit. Hearts that can understand the Bible better. Hearts that receive from him. Hearts that are open to him. Not hard bony hearts, but hearts of flesh and blood. The great thing about God is God changes us and makes us into better people. Not morally better so we can point the fingers at others and say I'm better than you. Christians are never better than anyone else. We're still just fallen people. But we're people that know the love of God and the strength of God and the ability to change because God changes us when we allow his spirit, his breath, to come in to us. And the great thing about that breath is that breath gives us confidence. That breath gives us the ability to trust. And when we face scary things like going back to school, we can pray and say, God, Take away any of my fears, my worries, about my exams, about this year, about what this year's going to be. Take them away. Give me strength. Give me confidence. And God will do that. Because God is not a God that remains distant, far away. He's a God that comes down. He's a God that's, whose spirit comes into our lives, who gives us body, life and energy, who takes the dead bones and gives them life and gives them hearts of flesh. Boys and girls, mums and dads, people of all ages, whoever you are, this is a message for you today. The message that comes from that wonderful prophecy in Ezekiel. That God wants to put his spirit in us, his breath, and give us life. May each one of us receive that life today.